sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. And welcome, folks, to Friday. Yes, Business Eye. We are in May. I can't believe it was It's freezing. This time last year, the sun was shining. It was T-shirt time. You know, we were all in the beginning of lockdown and all cool and it was great. But now it's... Uh, the weather is still carrying over from spring and winter and lockdown as well. So hopefully the days ahead may get better, but really, I don't care. I've lost the will to care. Simon, how are you? How are you? I'm good. And you're right. My, my wife keeps saying, I think her mum had this saying, never cast a clout until May is out. And I I hate hearing it, but yesterday there were literally blocks of ice falling from the sky. It wasn't hail. It was little blocks of ice. It was the weird, in May, I've never seen that, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Do you know, I was I was picking up uh, one of my children from the school yesterday and we, we can't, because of uh, COVID and lockdown, we can't go into the school. Okay. So I basically said, thank you, picked her up. I seen this storm come over. We waited for a second. We were outside hiding under a little shelter, getting lashed on with the hail and all the staff were inside, but they couldn't let us in. And you're kind of going, you know, it's a bit mad, isn't it, that we have to be battered by hailstones and they couldn't let us in because of the rule, the rules that we have. But look, um, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh Big votes again coming up uh, in this month. Uh, I think the middle of this month where uh, it's uh, asking for our TDs not to extend the lockdown and um, not to extend these rules of engagement on it for six months. I think a lot of people are opening up. A lot of people are excited. And I think people are gradually opening up at the moment. People are done with it. Businesses that I'm speaking to are done. They have lost all faith in the government. I think the government, if there was a vote tomorrow, they wouldn't be in. They wouldn't be in. And I think they know that as well. I think they know that as well. Yeah, no, Joe, I, I, I don't disagree. And I'm, I'm just doing work with the, through with Image Skillnet, the hair and beauty industry, and they're all going back on Monday and they are champing at the bit to get back to work. And, and their fear is the government locks them down again. You know, they just yeah. can't, one more lockdown. And, and the same with the hospitality industry. I mean, and the aviation industry as well. I've, I've often wondered how come more airlines haven't gone down. They haven't gone down because the financiers, they have an asset there that they couldn't move on. So the airlines are still there. But if they have another winter of this, you'll see everything topple over. So we've got to get on with this. Ryanair is there with his big bag of money waiting to buy an international uh, cross-Atlantic airline. He's he's ready. He's ready to, who who will come to me? Who will come to me? Yeah. But talking about all that and talking about good leadership, talking about consulting, who have we got today? Who have we today? So we have Neil Gabby. So Neil, I, I've known about Neil uh, a fair while on, on LinkedIn. It's great to be finally talking to you. So Neil is the coach for finance professionals. He's, you know, very much around leadership growth, success. He's a leadership coach, executive coach, and mentor uh, for corporate teams, top performers, best mate coaching. He's also a uh, finance executive with a very well-known multinational. I'll let him talk about that if he wants. 
Um, so it really, this conversation, Joe, is, is right down our street and, and mine as well. It's around leadership, growth, success. And what are the ingredients and what are the key factors, I think, that, that good leadership is going to require coming out of these, these last two years? Yeah, definitely. Neil, welcome to Business Eye. Welcome Thank to you, Business Joe. Eye. Thank you, Simon. I'm so delighted to, to be here today. It's quite interesting because, you know, we, myself and Simon, over the last couple of weeks, we, we have had many guests on and we've talked about leadership and especially with, with the world as it is. And a lot of CEOs are making decisions and are unsure. In your opinion, do you think is good leadership? That's, that's, that's a, a really good question and a great question. Just to, to give the, your listeners a bit of my background, uh, Simon mentioned that I was the finance executive with a major company, and, and that was Kellogg's, the breakfast cereal company. I moved over to Ireland in 2005 with them. Your listeners will hear from my, my accent that I'm not originally from around here. I left that organisation in 2015, and... I guess what happened during that time was my own journey of leadership hit a few bumpy things. So that's when I decided, well, what can I learn from this experience and pass on to other people? So this idea of, of leadership within an organization, and then there are bits of leadership that evolve around your life as well. And we can talk about self-leadership as well, as well as maybe leading your family or, or leading a social group and then leading within, within commercial organizations. One of the aspects of leadership that's really interesting for me is the idea of, of power within a, within, a, within a position. And what I've come to learn is there are kind of three kinds of power that you can have as a leader or an, a within an organization. There's the role power that you have, which is the fact that you're the boss and so you can tell people what to do. So that's kind of a power that you have. There's also within an organization this thing called expertise power, where you actually know your stuff. So you might not necessarily be the top guy in the organization, but if you're the only guy who knows how a certain process works and you have some power within there. And then the third and final piece of power within an organization, and for me, this is the most important, is relationship power. It's how you build the connections with the other people within your organization. So you don't have to order people to do something. You have that relationship with them so that they will be willing to help you and willing to, to follow your lead and go in your direction and help you to achieve the objectives that you're trying in the organization. So coming back to my own experience, I think one of the things that I missed in my early career was the idea of the relationships that were happening within, a, within an organization and also within my life and how I was nurturing those and fostering those so that when the time came, I could, I could uh, leverage those to, to achieve the, the objectives that, that were set out for me. So this idea of relationships in leadership is, and using that power and that influence rather than I'm the boss, so you must do what I'm told. That's really powerful. And I dare say when we look around and see what's happening at the moment in, in politics, in business, there might be too much of this power going on rather than yeah the, it's, it's the relationships you know i've learned through the years that when we are all in a position um or anybody there is that element of power and control and very hard to let it go and if anyone denies that it, it takes it takes courage 
to actually to be able to say, okay, I'm going to understand that the decisions that are being made is it's out of my control that I don't want to be, you know, it's what, what's gaining for me in it, you know? So, I mean, I'll throw this at you as well. You know, sometimes people think with late leadership, it's, you know, clarity, it's wisdom, it's the knowing all, you know, Oracle, but it's not, it's, I think, I think we've, we've lost what leadership truly is. Would you agree on that? That's a, that's a great point. And, you know, I, I do work with Marshall Goldsmith, who's the world's number one leadership thinker, and he talks about to be successful in tomorrow's world. And I would say we're in it now because of this pandemic. We're in tomorrow's world. Leaders have to embrace global thinking, cross-cultural diversity, understand technology. But the key thing is rely more on collaborations and be facilitators rather than experts. So instead of being big heads and egos, good leaders need to have honest, vulnerable relationship connection. And and a bit like Neil, you know, I, I spent a corporate life and I, I spent a lot of that career around the world feeling completely disconnected. And even though I was a CEO at one point, I still felt disconnected and stranded in big corporations because there was still a lot of silo mentality. There was still a lot of power thinking. There was still a lot of ego. And it's nice today that I can be on the outside and advise businesses. It's a luxury, but looking into more and more companies, they're struggling with lack of alignment, lack of cohesion, lack of inclusion. It's no surprise if they're not communicating on that collaboration facilitation wavelength rather than command and control. So as you can tell, it's something I think very strongly about as Neil and you do, Joe. Is it as simple as conversations? You know, is, is it as simple as speaking to the people on the ground? You know, we talk about the guy sweeping the floor or the guy, the girl in accounts or whoever. Is it as simple as taking time out and speaking to all these people in the organization and asking them what their thoughts are about growing the business and developing it? Is it that simple? Neil? I, yeah, I, I, I would say you're almost exactly on the right, uh, the right track there, Joe. One of the things I like to say, and I work with people a lot in, in, the, in the finance realm, and it's as simple as understanding that you don't have to have the right answer. And that's a really difficult thing for us as, as professionals and also just as humans to, to actually grasp that concept because we're taught literally as soon as we can speak to be able to have the right answer. When we're in kindergarten, we're, we're told when you, when you, if you know the answer to this question, put your hand up and... and 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 call it out and then you get a, you get praise from from the teacher so right from the beginning of our lives we're taught have the right answer let's tell us what the answer is you, you know and we're trained as professionals especially as as accountants and finance professionals to be right to to be able to do the calculations to come up with the right numbers and then you come to these higher positions of leadership where and you feel you feel you still have to do that and that's where the relationships can break down. And if you, like you said, Joe, if you can simply say, hey, guys, can you help me? Can you, let's work together to find out what we should do next. That's so much more powerful than something that Marshall Goldsmith will say is as a leader. Hey, look how clever I am. I'm, you're all looking for me for the answer. So here is the answer. Not bring it, that, bring it that in takes now. you backwards. Yeah. And what, what about awareness? I mean, to, for me, so much of it comes back to self and situational awareness and trying to understand, you know, for example, Ireland is 
number one in the EU for digital skills training, but it's actually one of the lower countries in the EU for what we call soft skills training, resilience and awareness and listening skills and all these things. Why, why do you think Ireland has disconnected itself? You know, it's gone for these hard skills, uh, and yet there's so much to be caught up around the, you know, empathetic listening and communication skills and connection skills. Why do you think we've prioritised the hard skills ahead of what we used to call soft skills, but they're the core skills for connection? Why do you think, Neil? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Certainly the the, the terminology has, has changed. We do, we do understand now that these are core skills. So I think there's an interesting kind of dynamic going on in, in Ireland, and that's something I've learned. I've been here 15 years now. and so. You know, Ireland is a small country, but it has, and it, it takes this underdog role, but then it, it has captured some, some world-leading uh, achievements and, and results as, as, as it's there, as, it's, as I've been here in, the, in, in that time. So, and I, I wonder whether it has decided, hey, this is something that we're really good at. If it's building IT industry here and, and expanding and investing in, in that kind of thing, and they've gone for the so let's focus on our strengths and let's really capitalize on that and become known as that world leader in the uh, in the IT industry. And because we're half, we're closest to the states, but we're away, but we're also right on the on the edge of Europe as well, and capitalizing on that. And so maybe that's been at the detriment of some of these other skills that we're now understanding are so important, even though it's it's very often a really good strategy to capitalize on your strengths like that. Well, uh, if there is a, a a skill shortage of, say, core skills or soft skills, and we're all driving towards the skills of tech and everything, what's the cause and effect? What What's going to happen with if we are lacking these skills going into the next couple of years? Simon? It's interesting, you know, Deloitte's have just published a, a, a report uh, over in Australia around the future of companies and um, future of companies. And, and they said that in 2030, it's not 40, 50 percent, it's 63 percent of what will be required for successful, aligned growth based businesses is is the quote soft skills stuff. It's, you know, it's the emotional intelligence, collaboration, communication, I guess. A risk is that, you know, that some of the companies here just aren't going to be equipped to, to keep up with some of those jurisdictions like Finland and Australia and maybe other jurisdictions who are now really starting to focus on this future-based collaborative communication, more feminine type stuff internally. I, that, that would be my worry. What do you think, Neil? Yeah, I, I think what I could, could observe and could, could predict would be so an actual stalling of that growth. So. As we, as we understand, so as, as these businesses grow and they start making connections more outside and having more of an influence, and then the internal dynamics, because we don't have those core skills and those soft skills working effectively, they're not there to, uh, to enable everyone to move in that same direction. And so what you find is you're then going to have wastes, wastes of energy, wastes of resources in terms of managing these inner, internal conflicts that are happening and and that energy being used to resolve those is not being pushed into the continued growth. So I do, I would see, I would foresee a, a slowdown of that growth in, in, in that particular way. I have a question for you. So say you're in a, in an organization 
and in the organization you're having a meeting and you've got your your team with you when you're asking each of the team how are you getting on with the work that you're doing and you know the one person says oh i'm finding the work that i've been given very difficult i'd like to do something else and you go okay we'll do that and someone else says you know i'm finding the work that i'm doing very difficult i'd rather do something so you have these two pieces of work within this team that no one likes doing and because you're using core skills and your soft skills you're going okay that's okay we'll manage this do you then as the leader take them on and this is what can happen in organizations that you're taking this work on so you're increasing your workload because the people there were snowflakes or whatever <laughs> whatever you called are when that's going on in an organization how do you fix that because when I was growing up, if you didn't like something, it says you do it till you learn it or out, out the door, out the door. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I mean, the, the, so the soft skills that you described. So I, but my instinct is if, if you have an employee coming to you and, and say, oh, I don't like this, I don't want to do it just to say, oh, yeah, that's fine. I'll look, I'll look after you. And that that doesn't seem yeah. to me like a good use of those soft skills and, and, and a, a real that doesn't sound like leadership to me. So I think, so my first instinct is that the skills that you then need to adopt as a leader is then the listening. And so engaging the listening, say, actually, so, okay, what's going on here? Why is this? Assuming that this is a critical task that needs to happen, what's, what's happening that this employee is not able, willing to do that? It may be that they're just not able, so it may be a training issue and it, or it may be a... Uh, skills this year or something else that's going on but the listening of the leader to really understand and then asking if the answers don't come up asking another question but to find out what's happening with this person that they're unable or unwilling to do yeah. that task. You, you, you mentioned listening and, and Tony Robbins talks about you know good leaders ask better questions right and and so listening and asking good questions are really really important not assuming things to what extent do you think the younger generation, and we're not going to get into a conversation about big tech, but they're constantly looking at social media and it's very easy to find quick fix answers rather than actually intentionally use your muscle around asking questions. To what extent would you be worried that the younger generation is losing the skill of asking questions and therefore listening? That is an interesting question, Simon. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure that, I mean, I have two teenage teenage children so i'm i'm very familiar with that uh, generation and what's happening to them in terms of social me media and being attached to their devices where they have the whole world at their their fingertips and so but one of the things that you that you said that was really important was the idea that this listening and this being curious and finding out this is a skill and like any skill it's it has to be learned and has to be practiced and so we could look then at the maybe the the education system that is there for us at the moment, and maybe it's not it's not equipped in the right way to teach our young people these skills. But it is absolutely something that I suppose as, as adults and as parents we have to we have to continue to develop these skills in our children in the same way as we teach them right from wrong and and all the other important things. I do think yeah. that having the answers at our fingertips makes the curiosity and the asking of questions maybe a little bit less comes to comes to the fore so it's a skill that we have to practice mm. so conversation talking listening with with our younger generation is is crucial 
I, I believe you're both right. I also understand that there is a lot of organizations at the moment that have staff that are working at home who, when I was using that example there earlier on about I can't do this or whatever, they're feeling very much there's anxiety there because they're working from home. They're probably doing the work on a bed in a room with kids running around. They are feeling very anxious because of what's going on in the world as well. So that in itself can hinder a whole team's project and something has to be done about it. So we're, we're, we're looking at a whole new set of issues because of what's come out into 2020 and 21. And listening, yes, is a very, very important part of it. Going back to our education system, Everyone that we spoke to, so I mean, you'd agree with this in the last couple of weeks, they're all saying it's our education system. It's our education system. But here's here's what what my bugbearer is. Well, you're saying our education system, but are we willing then to join those meetings, have those discussions with the, uh, you know, the education board, with the people that design our education system to say these are the changes we want? Or are we still trusting them in a way to make changes that will probably not suit the next generation as well? Neil, I'll let you answer that one. <laughs> oh, thank you, Simon. <laughs> so it just it's bordering a little bit on onto politics, which is certainly not an area of my expertise. But I guess what, what I would think about was if there's going to be some influence on the education system and, and we're thinking that that's coming from from industry and business saying that the people who are coming through now uh, out of the education system into the workforce are not coming through with the right skills, then that dialogue has to happen at that level between the representatives of business and, and industry and the, the representation of, um, of, the, of the education system. I know there's a, there's a guy you, you may know of, uh, Seth Godin, who has a lot of uh, yeah. really great... Uh, intellectual uh, monologues about some of these things. And he talks about the fact that uh, the education system we have now was designed to produce a workforce to be able to work in factories and to be, and to be able to follow age. processes yeah. and to be able to do what they're told. And as, as our economy and as our industry changes, then perhaps those training processes that we have in our education need, need to change. But that dialogue would have to happen at the at the leadership levels between those two in order for that to happen. Yeah, I think also, Joe, you know, we've interviewed Teresa Hand-Campbell a couple of weeks ago, and, and there we need more people like her, right? She's asking tough questions, controversial questions. She's got a great new podcast coming out. And and the problem is, and I'm not going to, I'm not interested in politics, but the way I look at it is that we all know what the issues are, right? We all know that businesses and the countries as a whole need to, to move more around all these soft skills, adaptability, critical thinking, creativity, empathy, all these things, cognitive flexibility that, that I wasn't taught at school. We all know this, right? And yet, and, and you have great, this is my opinion, you get the old school coaches and consultants still jumping and saying, oh, no, that's a step too far, you know? And so I just see there are great thinkers out there saying, go here. But when it comes to implementation in Ireland, it just seems to be the incumbent conservatives just say, let's roll this out. There's a wall. Um, it's, you know, when we were growing up, if you were writing with your left hand, you were beaten over <laughs> the knuckles to write with your right hand because it was the devil's work, you know, and, <laughs> and, and looking now how, how crazy that is. And we need our schools now 
to be looking at the, you know, the, the skills that our children have, the creative skills. You know, some kids will be great at one thing, another will be great at something else. Finding all their strengths and then using those strengths to make great leaders, you know, great employees, great leaders in the future without fear, without fear on yeah. it. The one yeah. thing uh, I would I would say the one quality and you use the word right at the beginning of of the session, Joe, was uh, the the leaders require courage to, yeah. to make these kinds of changes because yeah. we are entering the unknown. Every time we move forward, we're entering into the unknown. Neil, when, I've never asked anybody this, but when somebody walks into a room, right, can you get a sense as to whether somebody is has that kind of that influential leadership? capability right that there's something about them you think wow they are a leader or a potential leader is there do you ever get that sense or not there there can be subtle cues to those kinds of things i mean i, I suppose you're asking about before someone even opens their mouth can you get yeah. a, a sense of that and so you know we, people people can exude a certain kind of energy that can that can give you that and as human beings we can we can even we can pick up on those things even subconsciously these uh, kind of signals are happening be- between people, and then there are more tangible things like charisma, perhaps that that can is, is a part of leadership, but certainly not not all all of it. So, if you are, I'd say, if you are tuned in to those kinds of things, and you're you're skilled in looking at body language and, and picking up on those kind of energy energy signatures, then you might be able to to spot someone and say that guy has that lady has something about them that uh, that seems different i think really the, the 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 truth of that comes when you start engaging with people and you observe how well do they have the core leadership skills such as listening and courage and generating trust and humility mm. but th- those things they don't they probably don't sit on the invisible side. They kind of have to come out as you as you engage with those people. Yeah. Do you know what I, I always look for now when I'm speaking to people in person? So now I only get to speak to the Tesco driver, <laughs> <laughs> the delivery man. But it's when you're speaking to someone, and this is my little yardstick, is to want to see if they're making eye contact with you. Okay. Make an eye contact and listening to what you're saying. And, and that is, for me, the crucial part. Or I always notice then if someone walks into a room, if they got their head down and their eyes are looking at the ground when they walk in, or if someone walks into the room and they're looking up, looking forward. And that can judge the confidence of a person when they walk in. But also then when they're listening. And I remember years ago, if I was talking to someone and seeing to listen, I would throw in a word like, you know, spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, they're not. <laughs> they're not listening to me at all yeah they? exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that's that's spot on joe that the idea of, of eye contact as well that's something that i'll be honest uh, i i suffered from that in in my the early days of my life in my in my career uh I, I i guess i wasn't told that how powerful that can be and it's only in the in, in recent years i've actually developed that ability to be able to to make that eye contact and hold that eye contact as well uh, without it being without it coming across as intimidating or aggressive. Yeah. And it's something that I really try and instill into my children at the moment as well, because they have this tendency to be looking away when they're talking to people 
So I'm, I'm gently reminding them because it's a, it's a crucial life skill in terms of building those relationships. Yeah. Own the room, own the room, but yeah. be polite. Be polite yeah. and honest, honest. Always. Neil, you've mentioned courage. I, I, I look for that in people, right? And, and I'm drawn to people who are a little bit, Con, are able to push it a little bit, you know, a, bit, a little bit controversial, like Joe and, and and Teresa and people like this who say what they think, right? They think it's great. But I also look for compassion as well, right? I'm not interested in people who are just going to provoke things unless there's a, there's a love in them, there's a decency. And then the third thing I look for is calmness as well, you know? Um, so the three C's, I call them three. What do you think of that? Do you do you look for certain traits in people like like those or other traits? Compassion, one, 100%. Again, one of those core leadership skills, uh, closely linked with empathy and being able to, to recognize what's happening. And that, and that, that develops from, from listening. So that, that fundamental skill of being able to shut your mouth and open your ears while, while someone is talking is, is so powerful. And that can then, you can then develop the compassion because all of a sudden you understand where someone is coming from. This, this thing about calmness, that's, that's, that's a great one because we do live in a frantic world. And uh, it's funny, sometimes pe- people talk, talk about me and they, they say how I always seem very calm, which it, which, and I do take that as a compliment. It may be that inside, like the duck on the water, the things are churning around inside, but that uh, appearance of calm, again, is a really powerful skill because they, people around will then pick up on that and that can help other people to calm down as well. And it's when we're calm, when we can calm our breathing, calm our heartbeat, uh, slow down everything, that's when we can start to think properly and make the best decisions. And, and fundamentally, what comes out of all of this is what decisions are we making? And when we are calm, we calm, can... Uh, calm and collective, calm and collective. Absolutely. As my wife says, if I'm any more relaxed, I'll keel over. <laughs> Neil, Good way you, to be. Neil, you need to shoot off. If people want to reach out to you, give us your site, give us your, your LinkedIn profile. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you can find me. I, I, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. I really love there. As you, as you both know, I spend a lot of time connecting with people there. So I'm happy to be to be found there just on, on LinkedIn. And also you can see my website is uh, neilgabby.com. Uh, that's where if you wanted to thing to do with leadership or, or coaching, then uh, you can reach out to me there. Give us a website well. again. It's neilgabby.com. It's N-E-I-L-G-A-B-B-I-E.com. You can find me there. Neil, thanks for coming on the show. Sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. And welcome back. Yes. What's your thoughts, Simon? Leadership. That's, you know, and, and coaching. Where's it going? Have we, yeah. have we turned a corner? Are we, is there a new... Uh, is there an uh, you know is there a new coaching process coming out of this year from what we've learned this year? I, I do think that more and more people are talking about the need for all the things we discussed, you know, empathy and calmness and compassion. And as we were just saying through the break, there, there's nothing wrong in people saying what they think, and even if you disagree with it, but as long as you get a sense they're being honest with themselves and and they and they truly believe it and. So I, I'm hoping coaching coaching needs to be much more tailored to the individuals. You know, the idea of just coaches going into a company and saying, right, this is the way you need to do things, that's rubbish. That's mm-hmm. rubbish. You know, it's it's there are different people in different organizations and they need 
they need to be you know helped along in different ways so i'm i'm hopeful that people like, like neil and the work that you do and work i do and we we look at the person right we look at the person and we look at how they fit within an organization and we try and bring them together rather than impose something on from above that's really important that's like really we, important yeah we talk about our belief systems really you know yeah. your your belief system structures you of who you are of a person and Going back to if someone is speaking out about something, like you know myself, I'll speak out, you know, honestly about stuff. But if someone disagrees with me, I'm not there to attack them. We have to be able to listen to each other and still live in a peaceful world instead of attacking. And and that's when you're forcing your information. I think that's what you said perfectly there with coaching. It's about you can't force ideology ideology (laughs) on people. You have to sort of figure out what makes them work and what drives them and their passion and then yeah. get those hooks and catapult them forward. Do you know what I've, I've learned over the years from all the years in business and all the years in coaching? The one thing that I have learned that once you get this right, everything else changes within a person. Clarity on, on who yeah. they want to be. Yeah. You always said that to me when we first met three years ago, and and I've been through that journey. And now I found my my purpose in life is to absorb as much information as I can about the work I do, simplify it, and then pass it on to others and shine a light on their confidence and say, you don't have to worry about all these big books and all these these you know all this stuff. If you do these things, you can be as smart as the next person. And the other thing is, if you focus, really focus. You can do what most people do, you know, a tax agent, a tax expert. If you really focus on these spreadsheets, you'll understand them too. So I try and tell people that demystify things and say, if you really focus and take your time, you can do it too. That's my purpose. Yeah, it is focused, but you have to enjoy it. Like you can yeah, say oh, yeah. to me, get focusing on these tax sheets and I like, cry, cry. <laughs> you gotta you gotta pick the thing you're gonna do. <laughs> well, you know what that's what it is. You know if you're passionate about something and you're doing your research on it, or that five hours will seem like one hour. Yeah, but if yeah. you're focusing on something that you hate, you do not like, 20 minutes feels like six hours. Yeah. And I've worked on projects that I've been up to two o'clock in the morning and I've had to say to myself, go to bed, get some sleep because you're going to be affected tomorrow where I, t- I could have gone a, a roll over with. You're in the flow. You're in the in, flow. In the flow on it. Yeah. yeah. Because of the passion and you're absorbing and you like it. So that's what I'm saying is clarity. When you help that person find out who they are, what drives them, yeah. And I've had some people who have left their jobs because Me too. of the, the clarity they've gone, you're right, and, and, and have blossomed because of that. Blossomed. Yeah, my, one of my recent coaching clients did exactly that. I won't mention any names, but he's left a, a, a great sales position and he started a really cool business, which, which actually came out of a six-session coaching session with him. He had it in him. I just shone a light on it you know now he can't hold me responsible for, for just, you know leaving his job but but he's perfectly capable of making a success you know it's, and it's a wonderful thing to see that you know yeah so you and me will we'll end up in another 20 years when we change the sales we'll be we'll be wearing shaved heads and robes <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, no. exactly but yes look um simon 
you have a a super as always look have a great weekend you're, Thank you. uh, as i say on air you're a good friend and yeah, likewise um, we will meet for a coffee and a cake soon, up in the radio station soon. Very, very soon very soon yeah. on it yeah. and yes folks that is us we are wrapping it up now for another week use uh be good be safe and take care <laughs>